Hello, good morning, everyone. So today's topic is protein, because, you know, we say track your protein, tr- protein's important, but some of you might be thinking, why is it important? Why, why am I, like, struggling to increase my protein? A lot of people do, some people find it easy. Um, in your app, you'll be given the optimal amount of protein. Like, it's not, there's a range, right? But we're on the lower range of optimal, because once you go higher than what you're given, it's kind of diminishing returns, in a sense. But... Going over on your protein, so say now you've hit your calorie target and then you decide I'm still hungry and you, you go over your calorie target with more protein, that's absolutely fine. You know, protein typically doesn't really convert to stored fat. Um, the process can happen. It does happen sometimes, but it's it's quite like limited. So if you are to go over your calories by any macronutrient, it is protein, right? So let's have a look at the first topic, the first question is, does more protein speed up weight loss or make weight loss more, more efficient? Okay, so it's more satiating than carbs and fat. So protein helps you feel fuller, right? Faster, delays hunger between meals. That's obviously going to help. It also has a higher thermic effect than other macronutrients. So this means we burn off more calories digesting protein than other macronutrients like carbs and fat, right? So if you're eating more protein... Your th- one one part of your metabolism is thermic effect of food, right? So your metabolism is made up of four parts, right? You've got your BMR, your base, you know, your existence, calories, your what you need to function, what you need for your organs and all this stuff, right? You've got your exercise calories, you've got your non-exercise calories, so anything you do is not exercise, such as like housework, walking, fidgeting, and then you've got the thermic effect of food, which is like usually 10 to 15% of your metabolic rate. So you can increase that by a few percentage points, you know, by going on a higher protein diet. So you'll be burning more calories digesting the food you're eating. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be a massive difference for loads of people, but when you combine that with a bit more steps and stuff, you start seeing how this comes together, right? So if you eat lean protein with most of your meals or like higher protein diet with most of your meals, does that mean you're going to lose more weight as well? Um, and there's a, there was a study done by the University of Copenhagen in Denmark wanted to answer this question, right? So um, the researchers basically searched for weight loss studies, compared diets high in protein to standard protein. They excluded studies on athletes um, and people underweight uh, or on pharmaceutical treatments. So most of the studies they used were, in their analysis, compared protein to carbs, 35 experiments, Average age is 46 years old, BMI 35, and two-thirds of women, okay? So, great. You know, we're not talking about athletes here. We're not talking about elite athletes because a lot of talk is about that. We're talking about potentially the kind of average person right now, okay? So, here's what the study found. Participants in the higher protein group lost on average 1.6 kilograms, so 3.5 pounds more than the standard protein groups, right? Higher versus standard, Okay, so you're looking here at kind of like 20 to 30% of your calories coming from protein versus about 10 to 15%, right? And some of the studies are higher protein, 20%, some of them are 25%. Okay, the study, there could be improvements done to this study. Um, but when you're looking at this in general and other studies as well, it's the same type of thing. It's like when you go higher protein, which is what the app will give you, you don't have to go, oh my God, am I on the right protein? What should I do? It's the targets in front of you daily right? If you eat that amount of protein and hit your calorie target, not only are you going to lose more fat, uh, not lose more weight, more of that weight loss comes from fat, 
right? You're going to increase your thermic effect of food. You're going to improve your, your hunger. You're, you're going to make hunger signals a bit l kind of less powerful in a sense. You're going to feel fuller from your meals, right? This, all of this aids you in your weight loss journey. So it's, it, it makes complete sense that protein becomes a really important part with calories. That's why the two of those together are a very potent combination. Okay, so that's kind of from the weight loss perspective. When it comes to muscle loss, um, you want to keep the muscle, okay? You want to keep your muscle. You, as, you lose, as you age, typically what happens is activity goes down, muscle mass goes, and muscle is expensive to build, right? So when you lose muscle, you're losing function, right? Some of you listening might be in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 30s, right? Now is the time to start thinking about Main, at least maintaining the muscle mass you've got. You don't want to go downwards. And you know what happens in yo-yo dieting that really doesn't isn't spoke about much is that yo-yo diets that put people on like severe deficits and we'll never do a severe deficit. We will never say to you, all right, you want to lose weight, do you? And you go, yes. And we go, okay, what, what weight do you want to be? Well, I want to be 30 pounds lighter. And we say, okay, where, by when? And you go, well, I want to be 30 pounds lighter in six weeks. Okay, then the app will calculate the deficit you need for six weeks and will give you ridiculously low calories. That's only every calorie tracking app works because they want you to visualize your fat loss in a nice way, right? But what the, the hidden dark secret or the, 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 heart, the dark kind of, um, what's the word, like the dark energy, do you know what I mean? The score to that is that you're going to basically lose a hell of a lot of muscle mass as well as losing your fat mass so yes you lose weight but you lose muscle as well and you feel worse and what happens when you've lost muscle you're not going to build when you put the weight back on which will which which happens so say now you've lost 10 pounds of fat and five pounds of muscle just as an example and then you go i can't sustain this you put on 10 to 15 pounds right and most of that will be fat or you put most of that fat on water weight you haven't reclaimed that muscle loss. So maybe you put one pound of muscle back on. So you've lost four pounds of muscle. Now, imagine doing this over and over and over. Your muscle mass goes down and down and down and down. Your fat mass goes up and up and up, which means your body fat percentage shoots up as well. This is not what we want. This is one of the worst outcomes you can have, and it's not spoke about enough. Maintaining muscle mass is a priority when it comes to weight loss. That's why it's better to go slower. And that's why we'll never deviate from this. Um, don't care how fast you want to lose weight. It's not going to happen. You know, you, you guys losing muscle at the same time as losing weight is, is a disaster, okay? It's a disaster, especially for your long-term health. So they looked at people in over 65s, right? Observational studies have shown higher protein intakes, um, basically maintaining muscle with age. Okay, but observational, you know, that's not a correlate, it's not a causation right now. Um, so the short-term study, six months or less, have showed kind of mixed results with this. And there's a new study, Denmark again. Go on, Denmark. <laughs> Year-long study, experimental study to see how consuming a twice-daily protein supplement with or without resistance training would affect muscle mass in older adults, okay? I'm going to go through this quite quick. They thought higher protein would benefit muscle size and strength. Okay, and the other one was, you know, maybe you need some light exercise to stimulate muscle growth or maintenance as well. Okay, so 184 healthy adults over the age of 65 uh, are randomly assigned into five interventions. Carb supplement alone, which had no protein. Collagen protein, low quality protein, basically. Whey protein supplementation, higher quality protein. Whey protein and some light in intense intensity resistance training three times a week. 
and then whey protein supplementation with heavy resistance training three times a week. Supplements were taken twice daily. All supplements, and by the way, they're using supplements here because it's just easier. You can eat food instead, okay? This is not to say supplements better than food. It's just for research purposes, it's just a bit easier. So supplements have 20 grams of protein and 10 grams of carbs per serving. Typically quite a normal protein drink, right? What do you think is going to happen here? So if you, didn't, if you didn't add any exercise, there was no change in muscle size or strength, right? Regardless of which one you took, including carbs only, okay? People who took whey protein and lifted heavy weights three times a week saw significant increases in muscle size and strength compared to lower intensity ones. So obviously that makes sense. We know that. You do add weights two or three times a week. You can even use body weight. You can start at home. It's brilliant for you if you want, to, if you want to add it in. Adherence to exercise was higher for those who did the home-based low-intensity program. Okay, so again, another, another important point here, like I just mentioned, doing them from home can help. Now, here's the important thing. Even if you don't do exercise, the higher, the, 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 the higher protein, so having the high-quality protein supplement, didn't reduce muscle size, okay? Didn't reduce muscle size. This is important because you may not be interested in saying, I want to add muscle right now. And that's fine. Right? You, you, you might say, that's, that's, that's no problem. Okay? Um, the limitation of this study is they didn't put people on the higher protein amount that you should have. So, you know, the, the last, last study I spoke about, the optimal protein range to be in, 1.6 kg roughly per, 1.6 grams per kg body weight, you know, what you, the app would give you. They didn't really quite reach that. So whilst they did intake some protein throughout the day, if they did take the minimum, they probably would have seen, well, most of them would have seen at least maintenance, which will happen anyway, but maybe even a bit of size increase potentially, maybe a bit of strength increase, right? So this is an interesting study, and I think it's, again, the, the research is going in the right direction with this now. They're doing more and more on this. The main takeaway from this study is that Protein combined with some weights or some resistance training is brilliant for you, long-term health. So if you're thinking of doing exercise, thinking of a plan, you don't know what to do, you say, right, I'm going to do a home workout and I'm going to do some weights twice or three times a week and that's enough for me for the rest of my life. Happy days, okay? If you don't want to go to the gym, you don't want to go to classes, you can do that. Um, if you don't, don't want to do that right now, you can't be bothered to do it or it just doesn't fit into your, into your routine, higher protein is still very important because you're maintaining what you've got muscle-wise. And it makes fat loss easier. And it makes fat loss more efficient, right? So, again, protein is turbocharged by a stimulus, which is, you know, weights. But maybe something to think about in the future. Um, one more study I wanted to cover, which I think is important um, for you guys to know. Um, let me just <clears throat> get it up for you. So there's a new hypothesis about obesity, and it's called protein dilution, right? This is still in the early stages. I'm not saying this is bang on true. They're still looking into it. But here's kind of the, um, the hypothesis and the, and the thinking behind it. So after millions of years of human evolution, okay, we've, you know, we're now kind of eating ourselves to death. It's kind of very, well, you know, most of our existence, we haven't had enough food to do that. Okay, so... We've really just been, boom, in the last hundred years or so, absolutely annihilating food, right? And it's easier to eat more food. We've got fast food, we've got foods, liquids, everything. It's easier to consume food, right? This study and this author's 
it's got something called protein leverage hypothesis. Okay, so here's how it goes. Humans, like other species, have a specific appetite for protein. Our appetite for protein drives our overall food consumption. We keep eating until we're satisfied our protein needs, even if that means consuming far more calories than we need to maintain our weight. But it's not as simple as seeking a specific quantity of protein. If that were the case, we'd lose our appetite after we consume however much we needed. What we seek is a ratio of protein to other macronutrients. Now here's where it gets tricky. Protein consumption, according to a 2020 study, is consistently around 16% of total calories in the US. The same is true for other countries, even though the percentages of carbs and fat can be very different. So if the percentage of calories from protein hasn't changed at the population level, how can protein leverage explain the obesity epidemic? Brings us to protein dilution. Even a small dilution of protein in someone's diet, that is a decrease in the percentage of calories from protein and a corresponding increase in calories from carbs and fat can lead to a disproportionately large increase in how much they eat. That's how protein exerts leverage over our appetite and drives us to eat more than we need. It also works in reverse, as you probably know. The higher the percentage of calories from protein, the less we eat. This is actually documented. You won't be shocked to learn that highly processed foods are most likely to dilute protein with carbs and fat. That's especially true for high-fat, low-protein meals. Fat has the highest energy density, the number of calories per gram of food, which makes it way too easy to eat way too much. And as we gain weight, protein leverage creates a feedback loop. We seek more protein because we have a larger body to feed. We eat more food in pursuit of that protein, and then we gain even more weight. But here's the exceptions. Protein leverage is not linear. It appears to be strongest when calories from protein are in the 10 to 15% range. For example, let's say you're wired to seek 15% protein, but your meal pattern gives you just 12 or 13%. The small amount of protein dilution can have a powerful effect on your appetite. But when protein is extremely diluted and calories from protein are around 5%, hunger stops increasing. It's like your body and brain click the protein leverage off switch. No protein requirements the same throughout life. They change over the years, okay? So, you know, most of you probably in the 13 to 17% range of eating um, pro- calories and protein, right? So you're 17% of your calories and protein. If you're following the protein we give you, you're at least in the 20% range. So you're, you're doing exactly what's needed here to kind of lower your hunger levels, right? Um, we still don't know a lot about this. It's very new. It's kind of, it's quite intriguing. Um, we do know, though, that a higher protein diet, so there's a research study where they put people on a higher protein diet versus lower protein, and then they told them to eat whatever they wanted afterwards. So you can say, hey, you're eating this um, higher protein diet, but then after, you know, 1 p.m., you can do or eat whatever you want. And the, pro- the, 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 the group that had high protein, so 20% plus of the calories, they just ate less. It's not that they were told to eat less. They were told to eat whatever they wanted. They just ate much less. They just weren't as hungry. They just, you know, their, their hunger, hunger signals were down and their fullness from the meals was up. So we know that's true about protein. Is it documented? But is it true because of this? Is a question for us to maybe think about. And hopefully there's more research coming out. But again, it's another, it's another important part. It's like, get your protein up. Put these things into place. You know, why make life harder for yourself when if at the end of the day all you've got to do is bump your protein up a bit and it's not even to extreme levels, you know? Like, if you have a, um, if you think of your meals and you have two meals a day or three meals a day, 
just have 30 grams of protein per meal, you are pretty much there. If you need another bumper, you've got your protein yogurts, full of amazing stuff. You know, you've got your protein yogurts. If you want, you can go your protein bars. You can do those things. But it's, it's better to ideally get it from food. Or if you need your clear whey protein as a drink or your whey protein drink, so you're, you can create a whey protein shake that's like a milkshake. You can add whey protein to your oats. Like, you can do a lot of things to boost things up. And then you put on yourself in a really strong position. You've got your deficit number, which is a moderate deficit, which means it's not going to be extreme and you're not going to have that extreme backlash from it. You're eating enough protein, get maintained muscle mass, make your hunger signals lower, satiety signals are improved. This hypothesis, if it's true, then your body's like, oh, we've got our protein needs satisfied, brilliant. Don't push us to eating more calories subconsciously. This is it. Makes makes the game a lot easier. So that's the protein in a nutshell for you guys. If there's any more questions, let me know. But really, all of that's the reason why we focus on protein. Um, and I don't want you all to think, oh, well, I need to do workouts now. You don't have to do workouts, by the way. You don't have to do workouts. If you're thinking of doing workouts, think about something that's resistance-based. Well, what that means is... Am I using my body, resistance bands, kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells? Am I using something as a resistance? You know, some of you start off body weight and you will absolutely get killed <laughs> in a work, body weight work. Because it's hard, you know. We did a jiu-jitsu self-defense workshop, um, women's self-defense workshop uh, on the weekend. And, you know, it's a lot, it wasn't an intense workout. It was like on the floor, standing back up, trying to escape. Uh, moving our hips back to escape from the floor, maybe some pushing, maybe some leverage there. And next day, people message me, I'm so sore. Oh my God. You know, and it's as simple as that. Like just sitting up, getting up, body weight squats, doing those basic movements that we don't do day to day. are really, really, um, really, really effective as a resistance training workout. And they're really, really good for you. So if you want to start doing that, brilliant. But that, guys, hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, let me know.